and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sen, and I am passionate about teaching you how to live a frugal, debt-free life. On this show, we have grace-filled money discussions. We are never here to shame, always here to inspire and inform. And life, like money, is messy and does not always fit inside of a cash envelope. So if you're ready to have some grace-filled money discussions, you have come to the right place. Today, I have a guest, V Weir from The Frugal Fox. She also has a podcast that she co-hosts called Not Another Personal Finance Podcast, and she is very real and open and honest, and we're going to talk about the importance of your voice and the importance of getting lots of voices of the personal finance community out there to share their stories. We're going to talk about breaking free from shame, and we're going to talk about why V is not a fan of Dave Ramsey. There is some spicy language in this week's episode, so if you're listening with kids around, you might want to muff them or come back later. Also, it's worth noting when I was recording this podcast episode, I was dealing with a gnarly sinus infection, and so my voice sounds awful. It sounds awful, so bear with me. Thank you for being here. I love you. So I am so excited today to have V with us. Uh, v, tell me a little bit about yourself. We are going to be talking about shame, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. one of my kind of favorite topics right now. I'm on a <laughs> kick. But tell us a little bit about yourself for those of us who might not, or for those listening who might not know you. Okay. Um, I also love shame. Uh, so my not name is V. people, just talking about uh, yeah. No, the opposite, like destigmatizing shame. Um, so my name is V Weir. I am founder and creator of V Frugal Fox, an online inclusive platform that discusses and educates people around budgeting, debt freedom, um, savings, etc. I also have my own business, Weir Digital Marketing, which helps personal finance content creators create their content, which is a mouthful. Um, but I began my journey in 2016. I paid off um, $71,000 over the past five years. Now I am um, just spending my time in the personal finance space, educating people and trying to get them to not make the mistakes that I did. $71,000 is, that is a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, So do you want to talk a little bit about what your debt payoff journey has been like? Yeah. um, It's been a complete 180, I would Mm -hmm. say. Um, I began this journey when I was 23. The first personal finance education I ever had was at 19 years old. So I was very lucky in the fact that I started very young, but because of that, I have changed drastically. Um, I'm 30 now. So I began my debt-free journey with Dave Ramsey, like many of us do. Mm -hmm. And now I am adamantly against Dave Ramsey. um, And I, I talk a lot about the shame and the guilt that going through the baby step program, um, caused me. So that's a lot, um, of my content on my Instagram page is kind of walking people through how to navigate that shame and come out of it on the other side. Um, over the last five years of my debt-free journey, I have gotten separated, gotten divorced, lost my job, moved across country, got remarried, started a business. So, I think a lot of people think that it's just such a linear path. And for right. me, it hasn't been. It's been com- a complete oscillation. Um, there have been ups and downs and I've done circles and just any, <laughs> I've just been through it. Um, and so my path has been a little different. And I think that's what makes my story intriguing for my followers. 
That that is absolutely right. And I was talking to my husband about you last night. We were going over our schedule for today. And I said, oh, I have an interview. It's going to be really interesting because I feel like we need to get as many stories from as many different perspectives out there. Because if being in debt feels isolating, you feel like you're the only one. You're not. The statistics show us that you're not. But sometimes when I started this whole process, I was a brand new mom and I went on the internet looking for ways to save money. And the only people I could find were these like coupon bloggers who had never been in debt before and whose husbands were lawyers and (laughs) their lives did not look like mine, which is why I got on YouTube because I was like, there has to be other low income families who are scraping by, who are trying to pay off debt, who are trying to raise children. And there was no one out there. So it was me and like, there were two other finance creators that weren't like finance bros just like normal people on the internet. And now it's exploded. But I love that because I don't view it as, oh, there's too many voices. I view it as everyone's getting finally the opportunity to be represented and have someone whose story kind of matches there. So somebody that you can just like link arms with and walk home. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I mean, like I said, I started with Dave Ramsey and that's because really I think him and Suze Orman were the top two people and uh, you know i've been the finance industry for about eight years now and just the explosion of voices and diversity and inclusion has been a beautiful evolution Mm -hmm. to watch and i'm so glad that you can get on instagram or youtube or um tiktok and find somebody that looks like you sounds like you comes from the same background as you to help you navigate money because money touches everything in life and if you can do it with somebody that understands you I mean, I'm just, I'm so thrilled for you. And so I absolutely agree. Um, We do need different voices. We need different perspectives. And that's what really drove my passion is, you know, I didn't, I didn't see anybody that, that looked like me um, as a, especially as I've evolved, you know, I did start at 23 and I was Mm -hmm. probably one of the youngest people doing this or at least being open about it. Like you said, no one, the reason I started it was because no one in my family, no one in my circle um, understood what I was doing. You know, I, they, they thought this was like a pet project that I'd probably get tired of it and fall off. And it turned into essentially my life's work. (laughs) And, you know, now I'm 30 and I don't intend on leaving my business. I don't intend on stopping, um, the education. I just won a Plutus award this year. So no, congratulations. Thank you. It's just, it's really interesting to go from, feeling isolated, feeling shame and guilt over the debt and my financial decisions or lack thereof and, and transforming it into being a thought leader in the space and like really having that power and that voice to educate people. Um, so that's the whole reason that I started. I, I just, I had no one around me and, and just like you, I was like, all right, well, if no one's around, I'm going to be the person around. So that's what I did. Start this trail. And I also think that it is also important to maybe in the process, take in some voices that aren't like yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Mm -hmm. I, as someone who wants to make content that helps people, I can't speak to experiences I've never had. And so it's important to kind of like share the space with Mm -hmm. people who are marginalized, who don't look and sound like me, but need the opportunity to have 
their voice is heard because we, I feel like we can't build trust until we realize, oh, that person's listening. Right. I too have a complicated backstory with Dave. <laughs> Still to this day, we'll tell people, look, pick up Total Money Makeover. It's a good jumping off point. I think there, I think there are enough new uh, voices and yes. enough new spaces where I I now don't recommend Total Money Makeover. And there was definitely a time when I did because it was um, really that was all that was out there. And now right, that was it. There's getting good with money. There's clever girl finance. There's broke mm-hmm. millennial. There are there are other yeah lots of other yeah. Options. And I mean, Tori Dunlap has her new book coming out. Janice has her new book coming out. Jamila has her new book coming out. Cindy's book is on. Is All out our for friends are writing books. Where are our book deals? <laughs> right? Excuse me. Penguin, you can you can now offer me a book deal. I have a um, journalism degree. Reach out anytime. <laughs> anytime. Slide into my DMs. But yeah, I mean, there are so many people that over the last decade, have turned into the new faces of money. And I love it because they are women of color, queer creators. Oh, that reminds me, Elise Fillmore has her new book coming out. So yeah, I mean, there's literally something for everybody out there. So, and I love, I get good with money. I loved um, t- or, uh, Tiffany's book. Um, it's just so good. It, it, yeah. Pick up these books from women and amazing people. <laughs> so- <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he was the only voice for a long time. It was definitely an echo chamber. Um, and that's not to say that I don't uh, consume content that I don't necessarily believe with. I I work for and I follow a bunch of real estate investors and content creators. I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing, but I think it's still important to look at the other side and, and gain inspiration or be able to think critically about other people and what they're up to. Oh yeah. And that was another conversation. <laughs> we have these late <laughs> night conversations <laughs> about um, when you get on the internet, it is so easy to just curate just the voices that you want to hear mm-hmm. and how it's okay to have your beliefs challenged mm-hmm. because um, if they're so flimsy that they can't be challenged. Yeah. That says a lot about, you know, what we carry with us. What was the point in your process where you realized that the shame narrative was taking up too much of your space? I think when I got divorced, um, a lot of my views on money and life in general changed. Um, so in 2017, I was separated from my, my first husband. And in 2018, I bought my first car. And I think that's when I started realizing that all this, Dave Ramsey uh, rules for life were just bullshit and made up for people that weren't in my situation. Um, So I bought the car and I felt a lot of shame around it because here I was this person that was just a jerk online talking about, you should never have a car payment. You should never go into debt, credit cards, the devil, et cetera, et cetera. And I found myself in a very precarious situation and life kind of put me on my for lack of a better term or saying, um, and I realized I was really proud when I bought my car. It I put $3,000 down on it. I didn't have a co-signer. I got a great um, interest rate because my credit score was so high. And I was really proud of it. But like I had this just darkness in my gut about, about doing it, about being just like a fake. And that's kind of the moment when I realized like, wow, personal finance really is personal. 
Mm-hmm. And shame isn't going to make anybody be better with money. And we have to look at things in a more nuanced way instead of such a black and white way. So really when I bought my car, which I paid off like two years early, has a hundred thousand miles on it. Like it was one of the best financial decisions that I've ever made. Um, that was really the turning point when I turned away from, from Dave's philosophies as a hardcore Dave Ramsey purist. And then 2020 happened, um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and COVID and the lawsuits um, from the LGBTQIA community to um, a person becoming pregnant out of wedlock and the Chris Hogan scandal. And that's kind of when I really broke and I was like, dude, no, I'm not about this. I will never endorse him again. I can't do it. And then I had my interview with Haley and Justin on Price of Avocado Toast um, last year, I believe. Maybe it was this year. I can't remember. It was at the very end of, of their season one, I believe. Um, and I realized in that interview, like just how much Dave Ramsey had um, emotionally manipulated and just coerced me to think about a lot of things differently. And I definitely had financial trauma surrounding that. And a lot of that trauma seeped into my first marriage and caused a rift. And um, I had a lot of shame surrounding that. So I think all of those things together kind of snapped me out of it. Yeah. I think it's really easy for us to, and not just, I I use us in the general term Mm -hmm. to assign a moral value to debt when a lot of it is taken out of necessity. And I mean, I say this all the time. I made every mistake that a person can make with money. And that's how I got into debt. Um, But I also realized a lot of our debt was the product of the 2008 recession and choices that, that were beyond our control. We had made bad decisions that led up to that point. We bought a house when we were babies. We did not have enough of a savings. We, we made poor decisions, Right. But we didn't, not every decision that we made led to us going into debt. Right. Like there were, there were things that were outside of our control, um, but we got out of debt. We cleaned up our situation. And then I would say it was after the recession started, not the recession. I'm so sorry. The pandemic started, we got a credit card mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, well, I can't tell anybody that I got this credit card Mm -hmm. because I'm a financial creator and people will judge me. And I had credit card debt. That was part of our debt because we both lost our jobs in the same week and had no emergency savings. And we lived off of credit cards to pay our bills. Um, That somehow people were going to think that I had lost credibility When really I was learning how to use credit wisely, teach my children how to use credit wisely, Mm -hmm. build a credit score, because the reality of the world that we live in is you need a credit score and just feeling like, oh, I've got to let this go. Um, But it was funny because in February of 2020, I had someone reach out to me and say, um, I always find it hurtful whenever I hear people say the words debt is dumb because I went into $68,000 in debt because my child need to be needed to be life flighted to a hospital. Debt is not dumb. <laughs> and then I thought about that. Like that was really like wow. the turning point of, 
oh, wow, these, these aren't just words. Like, wow. What a powerful story. What an impactful story. We are assigning a moral value to other people. And as a mom, I can't imagine one having to deal with a stressful situation like that to begin with, but two being saddled with a $68,000 bill just because my child's life needed to be saved. Right. And then you like take that and look at our broken system. Exactly. (laughs) And I think, yeah, exactly. Like it's not a moral failing on your part. It's society's failure to take care of its people in the way that it should. And when you start putting those things together, like, (laughs) just the 2020 pandemic response, how people lost health insurance because health insurance is tied to your employment. Yeah. Um, Then inflation that's ensued and how, you know, landlords jacked up rent. And then you look at the housing market and it's like all of these things going back to your money mistakes, like how much of that was you just being an idiot versus how much of that was you being educated in the way to make positive personal oh, finance decisions. absolutely. Which again is why I wanted to start my channel because mm-hmm. my parents tried. <laughs> yeah. Tried to teach me. Um, and some of that was me just not listening, but some of it was the, the world changes. You know, I mean, the world was different in 2008 than it was when I was in high school in the early 2000s. The world is different now than it was 10 years ago in regards to finance. Um, and so it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter. Like the world changes, things change the way that we do things change. I mean, look at just how much businesses have changed in the last two years and the yeah. way they accept transactions. So sometimes we are taught, but sometimes we just are trying to survive. Right. And I don't think anybody should be shamed for trying to survive, especially in these unprecedented times, which just continue to be unprecedented every year. Yeah. You know, like I keep saying this is just unexpected, unprecedented. And then like historical events keep happening. I'm like, is this just reality now? What is, when does it stop being unprecedented? Never, apparently never. Um, no, but the comments I got, I'm going to link that video in the show notes because the video is it's okay. But the, the comments are worth reading because they're women who are like, I had to go into debt to get away from an abuser. I had to go into debt to finance a car to get to work. And so it was a wake up call to me to stop assigning a moral value to other people's failures that are none of my business. Um, but also to stop assigning a moral value to mine. So that's what a great point. And I don't think anybody's ever explained that to me in that way. So that's why I love talking to people in the personal finance space. Like you just, you always get stories and it always just changes your perception a little bit more. So uh, what advice do you have for people who are just starting out? Mm, I would say give yourself grace. That's number mm-hmm. one, because your money mistakes aren't intrinsically you being dumb. It's likely tied to a societal issue or something that you weren't taught. Um, and at the same time, you can be an idiot. Like I was, I was an idiot. I had a Reed's Jewelers credit card and bought Alex Anani and watches, you know, when I was 19 and I shouldn't have done that, but that's in the past. And you have to leave your mistakes in the past because now you're starting to make better choices. So give yourself grace and forgive yourself for your past money mistakes. I would also say before you do anything, and this is what I stress on every single podcast I've ever been on from the beginning, 
before you do anything in personal finance, make sure you have an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. End of story, period. I don't care what your goals are. I don't care what your financial situation is. You need to have an emergency fund because most people can't cover a $400 emergency. That's a real statistic. Um, so, you know, start with $1,000. Don't stop at $1,000. My my comfortable level of emergency fund now, eight years after starting this journey, is $10,000. And everybody's emergency fund is going to look completely going to be different. different. Yeah. Because it depends on if you have kids, if you rent or own, what your geographical location is, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in a nine to fiver. So it just depends. But one month's worth of expenses is what I recommend to everybody to have a starting emergency fund. So those two are really it. And then just make sure that you have a vision for your life and then go after it relentlessly because you only have one life and money is a tool to give you access to that life that you want. I love that. That's going to be my pull quote for the real. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) People forget that daydreaming is part of the process. Oh, it's the best part of the process. I mean, what is life? But I mean, you just got to dream and Remember that your day-to-day is just your day-to-day, but you're you're working and you're doing all the stuff with money for an eventual goal, right? So like, what do you want? Like I'm, I'm child-free by choice and my priorities are going to national parks. Yes. I, in my thirties this year, um, we are going to be traveling internationally, eating a lot of good food, giving our dogs the best life we can, living in Colorado, which is expensive AF, but beautiful. Oh my God. Yeah. But it's like our priorities. So make sure that what you're doing with your money matches your priorities and dream big, you know, like that's the whole point. Our priorities. Um, you know, we love to travel too. We went to eight national parks in (sighs) two weeks last year. We took our kids. Holy moly. That's something that we prioritize. Also our kids, college, um, Mm. retirement. And then my husband is, I talked about this with someone else before. My husband is a very generous maternal being. We are mm-hmm. opposite. Okay. I'm like, get it together. You're on your own. Mama's going to bed. Um, and so being debt-free has allowed him to lean into that gift that. of his. Oh. Uh, the story I've never shared was a few years ago, we were able to help a family buy a car. So, wow. um, yeah. And we, you know, a few years before that couldn't afford our car. So right. it really was like a full circle moment. Um, but just being able to do what you want to do and not have arguments about it has yeah. been a blessing. Although, we never argued about money because we didn't talk about it, which is <laughs> kind of worse. That's a different issue. <laughs> I think but I yeah, did I an mean, episode on that already. <laughs> put it in the show notes. Um, I actually tweeted this like when I have, it was something about my emergency fund, but in general, when I have my personal finances together, I show up better in every other aspect of my life. I'm Absolutely. a better wife. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better business owner. I'm a better friend. I'm a better person because I can give generously and not feel, you know, held back by, oh, I don't have this. And to be able to like help people in need, that's probably one of the best things about this journey. Um, so the fact that you were able to do that is pretty amazing. Um, I 
also help somebody not pay for their car, but I help them get caught up on car payments. And that moment was really special to me because like there was a time where I couldn't have done that. Like there was a time where I was living on my friend's couches because I couldn't afford anything during my divorce. So I think that's, it's a really good full circle moment to give back. So I love that you guys are living authentically and doing that. Well, thank you. And I want to be clear. We didn't buy a whole car. (laughs) (laughs) You helped though. That's important. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty badass though. Like it's, it's still crazy that you're able to give. Well, and that's all him again. I just, I don't know. Marry someone better than you. That's my my piece of advice to those who are. I think that should be the clip. <laughs> partner up. Marry someone nicer than you. I totally. I I feel that I am married to like the golden retriever of men. He's the best. So, um, yeah, I I think giving is also a priority for us, and and giving without. I mean, it wouldn't be giving if you expected something in return, but you, you understand. <laughs> Definitely understand. V, thank you so much for showing up and talking to us. I think that you offer such a great perspective. Um, tell us about your project. You just launched a podcast. I did. I have a new podcast with the Price of Avocado Toast's co-host, Haley. Yes. So she now has a second podcast, which I don't know how she does it because she has two kids and runs her own business too. Um, but you know, she's a goddess. Uh, so we have a new podcast, not another personal finance podcast. You can find us on any podcast platform, wherever you listen to podcasting. Um, and it's basically unfiltered finance between best friends. We talk in a very candid, blunt way about what we really think about money and debt and savings and influencers, influencers, Dave Ramsey, all the things, (laughs) um, we are we are very out loud, outspoken, and we cuss a lot. So if you have little ones, um, don't listen to that when uh, they're there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the last episode we we talked about snorting cocaine. So oh my god, st- it's a really good episode though. Like I promise, it's got some good life advice in there. It's just unfiltered. <laughs> literally. Um, and, and listen, if you have to put a content warning before anything that I'm in, that's a compliment. Okay. That's it. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation and that you can free yourself from some of the financial shame you have, regardless of where that shame came from. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was just a message that you internalized that wasn't ever the intention to begin with. But let's all work as we go into the new year to rid ourselves of that burden that is financial shame. Thank you for being here. Be sure to check out V. I have left all of her info in the show notes where you can find her show, where you can find her blog. She also left some resources for you to check out. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Lydia Sin. And on YouTube, I'm Lydia Sin there too. I mean, I'm Lydia Sin everywhere, but that's that's where you can find me. Also, you can find this episode and any you may have missed at frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate you and I'll talk to you soon.